Good morning and welcome, Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group, and our toll-free number eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. The physical delivery of wealth insurance, gold and silver. It is what we do, and quite honestly, uh, we've been doing it better than everybody for twenty-six years now. And uh, the website, allamericangold.com, make sure you're out there. We we barely scratch the surface of all the things. You know, the show's only an hour a day, so there's so many uh, more things out there. Allamericangold.com, uh, you can get all our podcasts. I mean, I don't know, there's so many links out there. You can do so many different things at, at allamericangold.com. Well, I want to thank all of our listeners, all of our supporters, and, and all of our new customers, uh, people waking up to the reality uh, that things aren't quite what they appear to be. And uh, we got a big central bank meeting. Yeah, oh, man, finally, finally, uh, the Federal Reserve on Wednesday, at least it's expected, uh, to announce that they're they're going to raise rates. By a whole whopping quarter of a point, uh, when we know uh, inflation right now probably running close to twenty percent, they're admitting eight percent at least right now. Uh, but it, we know it's much, much higher than that. It's actually laughable. It's reckless uh, what they have done. Uh, they're the cause of this. Russia didn't cause inflation. They didn't. The central bank caused inflation. Jay Powell, and before Jay Powell, Janet Yellen, who I've told everybody for almost a decade now, the most evil person in the world, Janet Yellen. Her and Ben Bernanke came up with that mythical 2% inflation target. Uh, Remember, all along, in her, during her whole time, whether she was at the San Francisco Fed, uh, when she became the number two, uh, when Alan Greenspan retired, she could be a second in command behind Bernanke, and then, of course, took over for Bernanke. Now she's the head of the Treasury. All this, you know, she's only got one trick, and that's one tool. Uh, that's debt and a lot of it, and that's why we're in the same situation we're in. Uh, and, it, and it's incredible. I, I'm joined with my partner, uh, Jason Walker, in Colorado. Uh, Jason, uh, it's a lot too little and way too late, uh, but the Fed is going to meet and allegedly raise rates for the first time in years. Uh, the 10-year note today, 2.1%. Uh, that, that is also uh, the highest in a number of years. Yeah, Joe, it makes me wonder if they're going to raise it a quarter point for every 1% it goes up. How's that, you know, for inflation? You know, inflation goes up to 9, we'll go up a quarter point. Inflation goes up to 10, we'll go up another quarter point. That's that's not really keeping up, is it? Yeah. That's what's going to happen, <laughs> Joe. Just, I'm convinced. That's just falling farther behind. Yep. Uh, but but a, a lot of, of issues and talk right now, and today's kind of one of these funny days in the market, uh, I think gold's bottoming today. Uh, gold was down like eight bucks to like a hundred dollars a barrel. Uh, uh, gold's off, uh, about twenty-five bucks. Silver's down today. Uh, the Dow is up. They, 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 they want to put the lipstick on the pig. Uh, we had a lot of bad information again over the weekend. Uh, yesterday, uh, the Ukraine, oh no, the talks are progressing. Yeah, 
now apparently uh, they hit another pause today. Uh, and like I said, the only way uh, Ukraine talks, uh, peace talks work, uh, Zelensky's out of power and Russia's got a puppet in there. Period. Period. It's the only way it's coming to an end. Uh, but things are going to get a lot, lot worse before they get better. But there's been a lot of talk now. People are starting to figure out, hey, what's the world going to look like after this? And uh, uh, several of the banks getting major downgrades today due to exposure to Russia. Remember, uh, we've got a Russian bond payment that's supposed to be due tomorrow. No one expects them to pay it. Uh, so the one thing that seems to be gaining momentum is a much, much weaker dollar when all of this is said and done and a much, much stronger uh, Chinese renminbi and, and a lot of different reasons, Jason. We're, we're kind of talking about, hey, what what is this? What, what does this have to do? Because make no mistake about it, this is another banker war. And where is China going to fit into this? And I think China's going to do what they have to do to ensure when this is over, our piece of the pie is going to be a lot bigger. I think so, Joe. I think so. Yeah, it's uh, you know they've done it uh, for centuries. Actually, you know the world reserve currency switches to some other country that becomes the world reserve currency, and their economy is great, and their their uh, standard of living goes up because they're uh, around that world reserve currency. I mean, you know, if you're the fish, you know, the little fish in the ocean, if you can swim around the the, the whale, you're going to get all the scraps, right? You know, the bankers are the whale. You know, the, the elites, they're, they're the whale, and America's no longer going to Our herd of fish aren't going to be swimming around that whale very much. It looks like the Chinese fish, <laughs> Joe, are going to be a Well, let's closer. face it. They go to where the money is, right? Yep. And, and uh, to Jason's point, they've been doing this for, for centuries now. And, and again... When we start looking at what's in front of us, uh, the, the dollar is coming to an end. It, we're going to get a digital currency. You know, we, we, we talked about, we played that clip last week with Glenn Beck. Most people have no idea. The, your, our freedoms are going to go away. Uh, the, the world's largest tracking device i.e. a digital currency uh, is coming uh, and the fact of the matter is when all of the all of the dust settles on all of this plan for a much weaker dollar and a much lower standard of living that's what's going to happen Patriot Radio's News Hour we're going to be back after the 800-951-0592, Patriot Radio News Hour. So let's, let's look past for just a minute. Let's, let's look past the war in Ukraine. Let's look past this ridiculous dog and pony show uh, that is the Federal Reserve. Uh, because, again, now re- remember, just go back a couple of years. They swore to us. There was no inflation. Matter of fact, they started trying to trumpet the new, the new modern money theory, which was absolute asinine policy that, oh, well, you know what? Apparently we can print as much money as we want, and it won't cause any inflation. I told you it wouldn't work then. I begged you to buy gold then. 
Then they say it came out with this great word, transitory. Oh, it's just transitory. And they let that word go for like a whole year before they finally had to admit it was time to retire that word. And then over the weekend, Janet Yellen comes out and tells the tells all of America that was listening, which isn't very many, well, we're probably going to have a whole other year of really bad inflation, which, uh, again, if she's willing to admit to a year, you know it's much worse than that. Prime example. This is a guy, you're going to hear this name more and more. He is starting to gain a almost cult-like following. He works for Morgan Stanley. His name is Zoltan Poznar. Pozar. P-O-Z-S-A-R. Now, he used to work for the New York Federal Reserve. So, obviously, the New York Federal Reserve, right, that oversees Wall Street. So he is very, very well connected. Well, he had put out a, a research paper that was talking about after the war, after the Ukraine war. He said that the results in what he called a commodity collateral crisis. Right, and we're seeing that. Right, and believe me, it's not, I know they want to pretend it's over. Far from it. A matter of fact, uh, we just hit the first big burst. The next one's coming. And matter of fact, why do I got the feeling as soon as this little dog and pony shows over on Wednesday, uh, we're going to find out exactly what that is. But what he went on to say is that the Bank of China will emerge as a dominant central bank as the commodities-backed yuan, right, renembi, ascends to the position of power. The world's reserve currency, the dollar, will lose much of its global clout, leading to even higher inflation across the Western world. And this is, this is my fear. This has been my fear. This isn't a, we're going to have inflation for just a little while. Jason, this is shaping up to be, basically, I'll take the rest of this decade is going to be a horribly inflationary period uh, for people that use the dollar as money. I agree with that, absolutely, Joe. The the dollar is is in big-time trouble. We've been saying it for a long time. You've been saying it longer than me. I've been on the air for four years, been saying, you know, the dollar is, you know, the Federal Reserve note, the, the dollar is just not in a good position, and... Uh, I got more examples of that. For for example, this is what happens uh, when, when you get into a cycle we're in. People, and I'll just say other countries, all the all the people in the world, they stop wanting to use it. When everybody wants to stop using it, it doesn't mean the dollars go away. They just all come back home here. They all come back here, and that, that creates what Joe's talking about, inflation that can go on for a very long time. So, so as an example, uh, Nigerian companies in Nigeria can't get dollars. They're having trouble getting dollars. 
So what did the companies? The companies were given the ability to just pay it in Naira, their, their currency. Yeah, don't worry about the contracts. I know it says pay in dollars. I'll just pay it in Naira. Well, then those are dollars that aren't that are going to come back here, Joe. They're going to do it in their right. currency. Just in the last two weeks, China has seen the largest increase ever in renminbi deposits. In other words, countries are like, ah, let's let's just do it in Chinese yuan or Chinese renminbi uh, instead of what they used to do it in dollars. So he goes on. So Pozar says. The crisis is not like anything we've seen since Nixon took the U.S. dollar off of the gold standard in 1971. That that ended an era of commodity-based money, right? And that's what the central bank, this the last iteration of this central bank, that's what they wanted. They didn't want the money to be gold. They didn't want it to be silver. They wanted to have the power to print the money, and this is why we're facing the trouble we're in. So he goes on, and he says, when the crisis is over, the dollar should be much weaker. And then on the flip side, the renembi much stronger, backed by a basket of commodities. So he's already saying... Hey, listen, China's not going to go out there with their digital fiat currency. It's not what they're going to do. They're going to back it. He said, from the Bretton Woods era, which was backed by gold bullion, right? So think about after World War II, Bretton Woods, to Bretton Woods II, right? We will go off the gold standard. Bretton Woods, too, backed by what he calls inside money. Treasuries with unhedgeable confiscation risk. Okay, that's where we sit today. Unhedgeable confiscation risk. To what he calls Bretton Woods 3. Backed by not inside money. But what he says is outside money. Number one on his list, gold. And then he says, and and then other commodities. After the war is over, money will never be the same again. Remember, Glenn Beck was saying essentially the same thing. And Bitcoin, he talked about Bitcoin. And he puts in parentheses, and Bitcoin, and then he puts in parentheses. If it still exists then. (laughs) He doesn't know. We don't know. We're all pretty unsure. He said, hey, that could benefit as, as well if it exists. Right? But gold is where you want to be. And, and he, he said that in, in talking about risk-free assets and all of these other things, uh, the dollar and U.S. government-backed securities is not the place you want to be, Jason. Yeah, absolutely, Joe. And, and as far as Bitcoin, I, I think it'll exist because what what a great it's you know it's, it's a stock basically, 
And what a great place. Uh, if too many people are putting their money in that outside source, Bitcoin, well, we'll just flood it with a bunch of our money, and then we'll crash it and take all of our money out, and then people won't trust it. So they, they can control Bitcoin, Joe. It'll be here because it's controllable. That's why. That's why. So he's right. If, if it exists, I think it'll exist, Joe, because it'll be a controllable situation. You know, well, stock, I've been looking at it same. now. It, 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 it trades just like the stock market now, yep. doesn't it? Absolutely. Right? If the stock market's up, Bitcoin's up. If it's down, Bitcoin's down. I mean, they've already, right, uh, turned it into something that it was never intended to be. Uh, but, but really interesting, and this has gained a lot of momentum out there. And we know this is coming. Listen, there's no way in the world. You know, China's still right now the second largest economy in the world. And really, it's not even close, right? Because uh, number three, uh, I want to say is Japan, and they're a third, le- less than a third of the size of China's GDP. But you got to remember, in terms of stuff, China's number one. I mean, in dollar terms, we're still number one. But in terms of stuff, it's China. And, and, and they're out there and they've let it be known listen they wrote what is it the belt and road initiative you know when we started trying to block like huawei and and all these other chinese companies right it it had to do with global dominance right jason that's right china definitely has a an urge to be number one joe that's for sure they uh they are very nationalist and uh, they want to be able to brag to their citizens that uh, look what we've done we're the best you know you know the whole thing you know mao is a god well it's because not because mao was such a great guy and did such good things for that country it's because hey nixon walked into china the first president ever at the same time as we were dropped off the gold standard and they're like hey let's strike up a deal and uh, this was this was a crafted and planned situation like, hey you got cheap labor and we got a lot of consumers let's make lots of money right joe yeah, and well, let's face it. Listen, it worked really well. China bought a trillion dollars of our debt. The The problem for us is China hasn't added to that number in almost two decades, right? They're like, okay, that's enough, right? We, we don't need uh, any more of these dollars, and, and we don't know when, uh, but according to uh, Morgan Stanley now, after this war is over, and to Jason's point, this is not ending next week. And, and every time I see one of these headlines, right, I kind of laugh and chuckle because I'm sure uh, they're telling the Ukrainians, hey, say something good about peace talks. And then, you know, then within 48 hours, we find out it was just that. It was, it was just a lot of talk with nothing behind it. But think about this. So... The amount of Renembi deposits at mass on, on the largest Russian banks have exploded, to Jason's point. These used to be dollar deposits. Gone. Right? Gone. Euro deposits. Gone. We're going to Chinese deposits. India now uh, has been saying, and it looks like uh, India is getting closer now, uh, India what's abstained. Right from the resolution uh, against Russia at the United Nations, says that they're moving quickly to try to establish 
a cross-border trade with Russia in a rupee-ruble payment mechanism that will allow it to continue to trade with Russia. And this is part, I think, of the Chinese influence here. Because let's face it, I mean, China and India are not friends. But India is going to emerge... Uh, as the third biggest economy in the world here very, very quickly. And it just makes sense now that India and China, even though they're not friends, seem to have the very same position, don't they, Jason? Exactly, Joe. Exactly. And, and uh, I, mean, I mean, just look at the Olympics. China was kind of just laying it all out there for everyone to see, right? And, and uh, it's interesting, before this uh, Ukraine war got started, how... Uh, the Russians and the Chinese didn't they sign this uh, open-ended, uh, no, uh, you know, no restrictions trade agreements? You know, a, a partnership, Joe. This is something that we don't we don't talk about much. China and Russia signed a big agreement that uh, they have a partnership, and this this could be militarily. You know, nobody knows the, the lengths of their their open partnership between Russia and China, Joe. So the, the whole thing is moving straight to China. The whole thing. Yeah, and I think this is this is kind of the. Uh, the final straw here. And this is what you gotta prepare for. And again, you know what I hate? Oh! Joe and Jason, oh, they're trying to scare us or this and listen, this isn't scaring anybody. This is what's going to happen. Period. The question is, what are you going to do about it? Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. Man, by God, be dark. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two zero hedge uh, reporting uh, through a release from Interfax that the Russian Agricultural Ministry said that the country is going to ban wheat, rye, barley, and corn exports starting tomorrow. And again, that is also the day, Jason, that loan payment is due. Uh, we, we don't expect Russia to make it tomorrow. Uh, they do get a 30-day grace period. Uh, but this is really big. Uh, the Agriculture Minister, uh, together with the Industry and Trade Ministry, have drafted a government resolution that provides a temporary ban on exports of grain crops from Russia. Uh, there is a time on this, March 15th through June the 30th. Uh, and that is uh, going to start again tomorrow. Uh, just to give you an idea of how important this is. Russia and Ukraine together, when it comes to that basket of grains and I just that I just listed, they're the largest producer more than us they do a hundred and two metric tons we're at 94 metric tons here's the other interesting part brazil who has aligned with china and india they're 40 metric tons uh the eu's only got 52 tons argentina 56 tons and then 80 metric tons uh from the rest of the world this is going to be uh, very significant when it comes to food prices over the globe. 
uh, I think it was S&P came out and said that there could be another 22% increase in the price of food over this move, Jason. Yeah, Joe, I saw, uh, besides Russia, I saw no less than eight countries, Asian and Europe, uh, that are, are uh, taking out any food exporting of any kind. It's, it's not yeah, just there's Russia. Been a, yeah, there's been a whole list of, of, of countries that, hey, we're not going to export any food. We're not doing anything, right? Because, again, we're talking about a major food shortage here uh, that I don't think the world's – I, I can tell you right now, we're not ready for it. I'm glad absolutely you, not ready for it. I'm glad you brought it up, Joe. Because I was, and maybe we'll talk about this on a half empty cup of Joe. But you know, you know that this crisis is is it's just a false, fake, contrived crisis. This this does not this does not need deserve the attention it's getting. It does not deserve the emergency status as. Yeah, it's one country invading another country. How many times have we heard it? It's happening all over the world, and we only know about this one. And I'll say this: right. the one that the one I've been talking about over the last couple of years, I don't do it very often, but it, I think it's it's very uh, relevant to, to start covering this regularly to compare this to Ukraine. Saudi Arabia put up a essentially a blockade around Yemen back in 2015, and they haven't ceased it. The Ukraine, uh, the still going on. The yeah, the Yemen still going on. Yemen has to this day no fuel, which also means no food. They have revised their numbers the last couple of years of, of the amount of kids, children, and babies are well starved to death between 400,000 and 500,000. And the whole idea for this war is, is that Saudi Arabia wants to protect their border against Iran, and Iran is supporting terrorists. And, okay, we'll blockade the whole thing and starve out a half a million children a year. But, yeah, we don't hear anything about that because the U.S. is backing Saudi Arabia's blockade of Yemen. You know, why isn't this the most, the biggest story out there? And by the way, Joe, they just lost 50% of their donations this year. Well, because the economy is, is crashing all over the world, Joe. So they're going to get less support to feed their people than ever before. So uh, the bankers are going to create a, a completely human travesty in, in Yemen. But we don't hear about it, Joe. You're not going to hear about that on the, the nightly news because yeah, that's and, what they and, want. And there, there's, I can't even tell you how many different countries in africa are involved in in wars uh, you can bring up syria but but this is the one uh and again uh, something that didn't need to happen i think most people when you when you talk logically about why this is happening are like oh well that was avoidable yeah i, I can understand russia's feelings about uh ukraine being part of nato being part of the eu uh which by the way and i'm watching all of these talks and it's funny that they'll say, well, they're not going to be part of NATO. I've, uh, the whole EU thing, nobody's even said that yet. Uh, and again, of course, we, we know what all of that means. And, and it just, uh, again, I hate to say it, but this is what they wanted. I think the system was in trouble already. Uh, now we have someone to blame, right? Look at the Biden administration. I mean, they say it every day. It doesn't matter what the item is. Uh, gas prices, it's Russia's fault. Food prices, it's Russia's fault. This, uh, supply chain disruption, it's Russia's fault, right? Everything's Russia's fault. The realities are our central bank made a grotesque policy error and they knew they made it. It wasn't, I can't even call it an error. Because they knew they shouldn't have done it. They even write, they wrote about it for decades. 
been taught in every single economics class from junior high school to master's and MBA degrees at the, the finest institutions. And you know what? They don't care. Quantitative easing. That should have never have happened. Bailing out banks should have never have happened. The endless printing of money should have never have happened. Interest rates at zero for almost what? Now, what are we going on? Right? 15 years? Those are asinine policies that were begging for a crisis. And now that the crisis is here, right, they needed somebody else to blame, Jason. Absolutely, Joe. And why do I feel like when uh, food becomes a more of an issue for larger economies that uh, pretty soon, well, look at these people, you know, then the news will come out. Look at these starving people in Yemen. That's all Russia's fault. That's what you're going to see, Joe. Yeah, and I got a bad feeling it's going to be more than Yemen. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a lot more than Yemen. Yeah, I mean, huge economies uh, really start to suffer. Uh, I know that uh, there's been unrest over uh, fuel prices and food prices all over the world. They just don't report, right, because it's all Russia, 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 uh, so so you don't hear about it. But when we get to this point, tomorrow's going to be a very interesting day. Uh, we expect, now we don't know they could make the payment, but we expect Russia to not make their bond payment. And then if tomorrow is the day that they block food exports, uh, th- this is this is something, uh, the world's never seen something like this before. I mean, we had the oil embargo in the early 70s. This is this is that plus tax because it's food. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Golds down twenty five at nineteen sixty, and it's you know it started really yesterday uh, when uh, about four o'clock Arizona time the markets open and and they said oh the peace deal's close and and of course it's not. Uh, but now they're trying to say, oh, it's because the Fed's going to hike rates on Wednesday. Who cares? Uh, you get to buy gold a little cheaper today. Uh, silver uh, at 2540 right now. The Dow uh, was up over 400 points. It's now up 240 points. The Nasdaq's gone negative, down 108. Uh, the S&P is up 6. Uh, the 10-year note, 2.11. Uh, news out of China this morning. Shenzhen. This is, uh, a huge, huge manufacturing hub in China. Home, uh, to, I believe it's the largest container port in the world. 17.5 million people, uh, has been put on lockdown due to a COVID outbreak. Uh, China says that everything's being shut down until at least March the 20th. Uh, Foxconn, uh, a major, major piece there. Here's the good news, uh, that the, the Foxconn makes most of its iPhones in a different city. Uh, but, It'll affect everything from an, an Apple that I guess isn't an iPhone, uh, but, uh, it, but it looks like, uh, 
the majority of iPhone production will be okay. That's what they talk about because Apple's such a big part of the stock market. Uh, that's really all they care about. They want to try to minimize uh, any losses at Apple. Uh, but, Jason, this is just going to make the whole port situation even that much worse again. It's a shock on top of a shock on top of a shock. I mean, it just doesn't seem to end. Yeah, you got to protect Apple, though, right? <laughs> Apple has a bigger GDP than most right? small countries. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm reading this article, and I'm like, are you kidding me? That's, that's, but that's, that's what they wanted you to know. Yep. Hey, listen, 17 million people just went on lockdown. The largest port in the whole world is essentially, is essentially not functioning. Uh, but don't worry, you can still get an iPhone. The country of Apple will be protected. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what it was, Joe. Your corporate interests will be uh, taken care of, you know, and, and that's what we've turned into. We're, we're turning into a, a world of multi-conglomerate, massive companies that control these little chunks of our reality. And uh, Apple is firmly in there. You know, you got Facebook and all these massive companies, right? That they, they control their corner of the world, Joe. Yeah, well, the the uh, you know we've been talking a lot, obviously, about gas prices. Uh, Gas here, even the cheap, like Walmart gas, four forty nine here. That's that's cheap gas now in Arizona. Diesel is even worse, and uh, uh, Reuters uh, Zero Hedge is reporting, and this was uh, over the weekend. Diesel prices uh, can go a lot higher. They're saying diesel fuel inventories are only at 30 million barrels. And that sounds like a lot, but, you know, think about all the trucks out there and all that stuff. You know, our strategic oil reserve, we have like 600 million barrels in that. So when you think about diesel, that's it, just 30 million barrels, they're saying that is way below uh, the five-year average and is the lowest level for diesel fuel in almost two decades. Uh, and they're saying that uh, there's no relief in sight. And they started showing diesel fuel reserves in Europe, diesel fuel reserves in Singapore, diesel fuel reserves pretty much all over the globe have fallen by a combined 110 million barrels. In just the last year alone. So when you think about global diesel storage, uh, it is at multi-decades low at a time when, let's face it, right, this Russia thing isn't going, well, I know crude oil's off today. Uh, it has been off since it hit that peak, but, uh, it's not gonna stay down long for, uh, it's not gonna stay low for very long, Jason. And with the inventory levels in this, sh- kind of condition now we're talking about can we see diesel fuel six seven eight dollars a gallon it's already happening actually because i was uh, watching uh, one of the guys i watch a youtuber's name is jeremiah babe and I, he basically just says the same stuff we do so i don't even play his clips but once in a while he does his little uh, field trips he goes out and films stuff that's going on he's in southern california joe and uh, i think it was friday i was watching a video he made and uh, one of his uh, bank Bank of America branches just shut their doors. Yep, we're done. And then he drove down the street in uh, 609 regular gas and 649 super unleaded. 
Yeah. Yeah, and I bet you, and I bet you, Diesel was probably close to seven. Yes, I think Diesel was six eighty nine yeah. or something like that, or yeah. almost seven. Yeah. yeah, so there, there you go, yeah, Joe. Almost it's, seven. We're following. I like watching Southern California because that's always where we're going to end up. They're always leading the uh, the way to all the gloom and doom that's economically happening to us, Joe. You know, it's so funny, and I guess we should, maybe I should start doing that. My wife and I we went to Fry's yesterday, and uh, I'm sorry, on Saturday it was Saturday. Middle of the day, and Fry's, Kroger, big, huge grocery store chain. Uh, you know, when you think grocery stores, it's Walmart and Kroger. They had, uh, you know, they have a hot food section. You know, where you get the chicken and, and the fries and the macaroni and cheese and all this. They're not even doing it. It's just empty. They don't the 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 all the all the things where the rotisseries where the chickens are they're all shut off. Where they have like the macaroni salads and the pasta salads, all that stuff, not empty. They're not even doing it anymore. Uh, and, and again, I'm just sitting there shaking my head, going, "I can't believe this. This is the United States of America, and all of a sudden you're just hey, stuff that we took for granted gone." Who knows when it's going to come back? We'll be back after the break. 800-951-0592. I just got right in the nick of time here. Uh, a, a special today. We've got $20 gold pieces, about 150 of them. So a good amount of them here today, Twenty-two fifty. So that's $25 off. Uh, just came in. I was just going to say... Uh, none of our suppliers sent us specials today. Uh, I just got one here. 150 20s, uh, $2,250 at 800 951 Uh, as we watch the markets here, gold's down 27 right now, 1958. Silver's down 75 cents, uh, 2535. Uh, the Dow is mixed. Uh, the Dow's up, uh, the Nasdaq's down 120, the Dow's up 250, and the S&P uh, up two points. So let's call it flat. So uh, a very, very mixed day on Wall Street. Tomorrow's going to be very interesting. Uh, will the Russians, will they or will they not make the payment? Is that export ban? It looks like it's going to go in place on those food commodities, uh, and and that's going to be very interesting as the fed starts day one of its meeting jason yeah this week will uh there'll be a lot of action this week uh with with uh, the so-called big guys with all their you know the big talk you know all the decision making and we'll see about the quarter point raise and and all that joe and then i'll decide i'll say well you know if people if the markets freak out over a quarter point which i think they probably will we're going to see downward in that and i think uh russian doesn't pay debt and and on and on, right, Joe, as, uh, as, as the gloom and doom of the markets uh, continue and the inflation and all that. Well, and, I, and here's the problem. How can Jay Powell be dovish tomorrow or Wednesday? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, unless they already know, hey, listen, wink, wink, nod, nod, we're going to. We're going to raise it a few times, but the uh, the economy's going into recession soon anyway. Matter of fact, somebody and I and I I didn't have time to look, but one of the big Wall Street firms is already out with an article. Uh, the Fed is stopping quantitative easing until it doesn't. 
right? So already anticipating. You got to remember, uh, the Fed is still buying bonds. All they're doing is when one bond matures, they're replacing it with another bond. So it's not like uh, they're not buying them. Uh, they're still buying. They're just not going to add any more. Their balance sheet right now at nine trillion. Uh, it's going to stay there. Uh, but, uh, and again, I'll try to find the bank that did it. Uh, yeah, the Fed QE is over, uh, until they bring it back. Uh, is, is, uh, the heart of the article. And, and that's exactly how I see it as well, Jason. I have that Janet Yellen piece. You gotta hear this. This, this woman comes in with a question about how everything's inflated and the price of everything's going up. And this is what she actually says, Joe. She actually says, well, I'm not gonna make any predictions, but we're gonna have intolerably hard inflation for a year. I'm not, not going to make any predictions, but for the next year, it'll be really bad. Uh, isn't that a prediction, Joe? <laughs> Sounds like, well, you know what? what I don't know. Says. Is that really a prediction? That's just a statement of fact. Yeah. And the yeah. reason why she doesn't want to make any predictions is she already knows it's going to be a lot longer than that. Yeah. Right? She's... It's not just going to be, oh, it's one more year and then it's over. Uh-uh. Nope. That's not the situation we're in. Uh, because let's face it. Here's the, here's the realities that are true. We've printed way too much money. It's posted around the world everywhere. And a lot of countries out there are saying, we don't want any more of it. And that's really the biggest problem. 